Hey guys, it's Jazz here with another episode of Daily Journey with Christ. And today we are going to be diving into Romans chapter 8. And again, like the last few days, I am going to talk about where my mental health is at and just some tips for any of you who may be struggling of how you can decrease anxiety and depression in your everyday life. But as for today... Uh, Today was the first day back of school, and if none of you, if you are unaware, I actually am studying veterinary technology, so it is definitely a type of medicine that I am studying, and so the stress around that can actually increase a lot, and I'm in five classes this semester, so it's better than last semester, but my course load is actually a lot harder, so my stress is definitely a bit higher than it um, was last semester. Um, even though the end of last semester was definitely a bit rough, but all I know is I can take it one step at a time and go from there is class itself today was good. There was a point of my day that I felt this like tension and like tightness in my chest and in my arms, but that was the uncertainty of where school was actually going to go today, I realized, and I was refing with a new ref tonight at basketball, and so there's a bit of tension here and there, but the thing that got me through it all was definitely being able to realize that the hard moments are going to be short and that I have to push through them to be able to get to those good moments. And at the end of today, it actually was great because I quite enjoyed refing basketball tonight. And the person who I refed with, she was amazing at giving me new insider and new pointers of different techniques that I can use for future games when I ref. But as for now, I wanted to jump on here and dive into God's word before I get into studying for the night. But for now, let's dive into Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his only son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you, who are not controlled by your sinful nature, you are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, 
you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its, its dictates, you will die. But if you but if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are the heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan even through we have even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, know what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom has chosen for his own? No one for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is, our, is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, 
nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is Romans chapter 8. I think the thing that's coming to my heart right now of this passage is the thing that's kind of standing out to us is realizing that God gave us his son and I don't think we are ever going to truly understand what that means to give up his only son to us for our sins because it is something that is just not an earthly feeling or an earthly thing that we do but we know that the significance and the importance is what keeps us going in our everyday lives and like the ending here says is nothing can separate us from God's love is anything that you say anything that you do God has seen it before and God knows that you're going to do it and so the idea of giving these sins over to God because uh, Christ uh, Jesus has died for us I think is just something that we can pray upon and we can be thankful for but I don't think we will truly understand the full significance of it until we're at in heaven with our God with our God and with Jesus as it said at his right hand but um, as for this, the thing that's kind of coming to me overall is just like, even through my dark times with mental health, with my struggles is a lot of the times when I'm in one of my depression mode, depression modes, I'll call it, or moods, um, or I am very anxious or stressed, sometimes I will just do something dumb. And that's not me saying that it's okay to do things because that's intentional sinning but sometimes you have to find those things that get you out of those anxiety attacks those depression moments and turning to God is first off what you should be doing and coming from experience I know this can be hard and so the first thing I try to do is I try to talk to God and find something to distract myself And that's kind of where I want to tie into the fact of the day when it comes to mental health and depression. And the one thing that I personally use is exercise and physical activity to try to get my mind off of whatever I'm anxious about or I'm having a low moment with my thoughts. And it's actually scientifically proven that um, exercise can increase your mood and help with these episodes. And I did get this information um, here from the Mayo Clinic, um, so mayoclinic.org, and I'm just going to read what it says um, here. It says, regular exercise may ease depression and anxiety by releasing feel-good endorphins and taking your mind off your worries. And with this is, if you can create daily exercise is being able to gain comp it will gain confidence it will give you social interaction with people and it's a way to cope and so that way you don't go do dumb things or you sin or you do those you just do things that are not really godly and it might be um earthly ways to deal with things when you want to try to deal things in a confident way a sin a non-sinful way and also by turning to god but if for some reason you do give into it is do not eat do not let it eat yourself away because that is when it will make it worse and that's one reason I decided to get my refing card again because with it is 
it's forcing me to get out, it's getting me to exercise, and it's getting me off my distractions of any of those anxiety attacks I'm having or the depression moments. But yeah, so what I'm trying to do right now is I go to school for the day, I start my day off, I wake up, I read uh, the daily verse of the day through my Bible app, and then I go to class, I go to school, and then after school, I'm trying to get my exercise in, and a lot of the time it is through refing right now, uh, refing basketball for kind of junior and senior uh, boys and girls here in the lower mainland, and then I come home, eat some dinner, um, do some homework, jump onto this podcast, and then go back to homework, because you need those breaks throughout the day, or you will literally eat yourself away with trying to do the same thing all the time, so My encouragement and prayer for you tonight is to prioritize your time and try to find the time and even if it's just 10-15 minutes and you go for a walk and the exercise does not have to be you running up and down a basketball court. It does not need to you go to the gym and lift weights. Like it can be something as easy as gardening or just Uh, Going for a simple walk for 10-15 minutes is just to get you off the couch, out of your mind, and just staying active best you can. But anyway, that concludes tonight's message. We will continue tomorrow as we read into Romans chapter 9. But good night everyone!